On this week's show, we have one of our special segments with Mr. Scott Deming as he introduces and interviews another contractor, which we can all learn from. This week, we have one of our special monthly segments from Mr. Scott Deming as he interviews another contractor in the industry. You know, one of the things I've learned is I've learned from teachers and instructors, but I've learned an awful lot from other contractors. I'm sure you will too. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Cracking the Code, the official interview series of Contractor University, powered by EGIA. I am your host, Scott Deming. With me today, Mr. Corey Hickman from Comfort Matters Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Let's bring Mr. Corey Hickman in right now. Corey, how you doing, man? Doing great. Doing great, Scott. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, uh, for whatever reason, we had a little bit of a technical issue, but you plowed through it, I plowed through it, and here we are. But hey, Corey, uh, so the objective of these interviews, uh, as you know, I'm sure you've probably seen one or two of them, is to really help others, other contractors learn from other contractors. So we bring in successful folks such as yourself to kind of offer some advice, some tips, some processes and practices and tricks things that you've done that you feel have really, really contributed to your success. So before we get into that, though, give a little bit of a history of, uh, of who you are, uh, kind of where you came from, and, and a little bit about your company, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, not a problem. Um, it goes back, I grew up uh, originally eastern Wisconsin, south of Green Bay area, and transitioned across the state, came out of high school, really didn't understand what I wanted to do or had no career plan, college plan, et cetera. And I ended up uh, in HVAC. My brother was already involved in the industry. I ended up at a, a technical school, did that, moved up to Minneapolis uh, into this market here and been in Minnesota now since 98. Uh, I worked for a, a period of time, actually when I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin for train engineering and spent a little time in the factory side or on the engineering side, moved on to distribution. And I spent over 10 years on the distribution channel uh, working with a lot of different, obviously, manufacturers that we sold through distribution and worked with a lot of different contractors and really started to learn that retrofit replacement was kind of the target where I wanted to head. So then uh, 2005 is when I decided to start a company and uh, turned in my notice one day and went to an auction, bought a truck out of auction, and we started uh, out of the basement. So it's just my wife and I and uh, nothing else in that or anything said in our basement. So we started the process going there and created a business plan, tried to do everything we could right, and definitely learned it was a, a lot involved. Uh, there is, I've grown so much respect for anyone that uh, starts a business from the beginning and, and doesn't have any customers to, to grow off of. So that was in 05, and then we just continued to, to drive and dig and try to get, keep going forward and and start growing. And it took a little bit of a period there, but I'm gonna say we probably hired our first person in about a year, year and a half. And then the growth just started to go from there. Um, without a doubt, one of the biggest obstacles was getting from working in the truck to getting out of that truck, you know, which is for me, it was probably right around that 1 million, $1.4 million revenue uh, side was trying to get past that. And that took a lot of like just initiative and drive. Um, and push to just to do things that were not comfortable. And that was definitely the hardest part. Yeah. So, you know, the, we spoke a few times uh, offline and, uh, you know, the, the fact that you literally started out of your home 
and grew it into the success it is. Uh, that doesn't come with luck. It comes with a ton of hard work, but it comes with a lot of strategy and a lot of process and a lot of innovation. So one of the things that I was really kind of, uh, you know, about uh, that I was impressed with when you sent me this, uh, this kind of a resume and background is your your passion for networking, because I, I think one of the problems a lot of contractors face is they try to do it all on their own and they don't realize how much they can learn from other folks and not just how much they can learn get introduced to other folks who can teach them as well. So uh, talk to us a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, about your passion and your interest in networking, how that's helped your company. Oh, without a doubt, it's been massive. I mean, when I even go back to when I was on the distribution side, um, we were trying to do a lot of dealer development and helping companies grow as much as we could. And, and honestly, uh, an individual that helped influence a lot out of me was uh, uh, man, Barry Burnett. Um, he started a training coaching program uh, many years ago and was very influential just on the networking side and realizing the power of it. Because one thing I would see when I would work with other dealers are they always kind of felt like you're alone. You're, you're stuck in your own business. You don't have anybody to call. You can't pick up the phone. You can't phone a friend you just don't know and in general most dealers are they don't want to talk to their local competitors they feel challenged by that or something but i found that's actually not an issue i can't tell you how many local people i talk to regularly heating companies you know it doesn't bother me at all and a lot of them they same way Corey. what you said something a, a couple of minutes ago you said i don't understand why a lot of a lot of contractors are afraid to share um, ideas and information. When I had my uh, ad agency and we were running programs for uh, a major manufacturer and their distributors and dealers across the country, one of the things that I had to really work on with a lot of these guys was, you know, stop being so territorial with your with your success, with your ideas. You know, they were they really were afraid to to talk about what they're doing and and what's working for them because they thought, well, the, you know, the competition. I can't share this with competition. I can't share my marketing ideas with competition. You know, the more you learn, the the more you help others, the stronger this industry becomes. And you want to be part of an industry that has credibility, not one, you know, that. Uh -huh. People are afraid to give a call to because they don't know if they're going to get, you know, have the right treatment or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your your ability and willingness to share. Uh, let, let me ask you this concerning the networking. You've learned a lot. You've picked up a lot of ideas. What are some of the other groups that you felt were really beneficial to you? Um, EGIA has been a, a beneficial program on, on all sorts of levels. Uh, Gary Ellis, for example, is, you know, kind of connected in with him here in the last couple of years and been a a very great tool. Uh, Drew Cameron, um, well along. Uh, Drew Cameron used to be, I, I hired Drew many, many, many years ago. Uh, he used to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with us for, for a few years. And uh, really, he, he kind of helped steer our marketing into a different direction, and uh, which I think was a big key piece going forward. But going to these industry events, um, Service World, um, I'm trying to remember the old one, what it used to be called before Service World. But, uh, you know, all these type of uh, uh, different events that we'd go to by far uh, is connecting me with more people, more manufacturers, more individuals that really helps carry it forward. And, and having a personal relationship with manufacturers is very key, I think, and vital oh, to the success of our business. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, in a battle. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, but the thing is, uh, you know, you're still buying through distributors and for a very long time, distribute, it was a really kind of an odd chain attitude uh, throughout the chain. Manufacturers, 
uh, would want to be in touch with the, with the contractors, but the distributors didn't want the manufacturers talking to their contractors. You know, they were mm-hmm. they were afraid that they were going to start cherry picking, you know, their list. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it's just not like that. The more you can have this no. kind of uh, synchronicity, you know, where everybody's on the same page and, uh, you know, everybody's really understanding what the needs are and what the challenges are. It's a much, much more collaborative uh, process. What about in terms of giving? Do you do you offer your advice to others freely? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Online conversation piece. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about a few different things that have worked for me and maybe a few things that hasn't worked for me. And that's been one of the biggest things is on these networking groups is I've not only learned things to do, but I learned things not to do. Uh, yeah. I've had, I have a tendency of usually trying it like three times and failing and still trying it again for some reason. Yep. And, but you start to learn and get smarter. You're like, you know what? I, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> a smarter way to do it. That's <laughs> hey, one of the thing. one of the pieces of advice I've always tried to give my kids, but they don't want to listen. You know, look, please understand I've done this and screwed it up. I'm telling you yeah. not to do it. Nope. Okay, dad. Right. Thanks. Yeah, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove, right? We all do it. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's true. Actually, after a while of, and being a, a small business and growing, it beats you down. I mean, it's very difficult emotionally, family, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every different level. And, and then when you don't have, it's when you get into a group of five people and then you tell a story of something that happened bad to you, and it's amazing, four of them have the same story or maybe even worse. And you're like, oh, I guess I don't feel as bad as yeah. what I was before. Yeah. You realize that it's not just you. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why a lot of businesses don't make it. You know, they say 50% don't make it for five years, right? And yep. the next 50% will fail over the next five. Yeah. So now well, it's networking. It is. And, you know, if you, if you listen to the quotes of some of the most famous, successful leaders in the history of our country, they all say the same thing. I did it on the shoulders of other great people. You know, the, the greatest leaders will admit they're not the smartest person in the room. Humility, I need your advice, I need your help. Even from folks working for you, people that you're paying say, look, you know, let's have a healthy debate. I'm not the smartest person in the world, I need your help. That's why I hired you. Um, speaking of hiring, uh, talk to us if you would uh, about your philosophy for hiring because I absolutely love it, I believe in it, I've always hired that way myself, uh, but I don't know if a lot of folks do. I think a lot of folks look for the technical side, but you've got a different philosophy. Do you mind jumping into that? Yeah, you know, it's, we've always, the probably the number one conversation, if you go into uh, any sort of group, they're gonna be like, I can't hire enough people, I can't find techs, I don't have anyone to hire. Um, and there's some truth to that, but there's also not truth to it. The biggest thing is where you're looking and what are you looking for? We decided, a lot, I never had success hiring technicians with experience. Um, I mean, we have a couple here that had some experience that are, are phenomenal, but it's few and far between. Uh, we've gotten into a point where we hire them, you know, we hire off aptitude, you know, we hire our key things when you come to interview. First of all, are you going to show up every day? Are you going to show up on time? You want to get better in your life. Uh, and that's honestly to the point of all we care about. If you will do that, we will teach you the technical, we'll teach you communication skills, we'll teach you uh, how to do heating, air conditioning, plumbing, et cetera, whatever we need on that side. But we want to hire people that just, they want to do better for themselves. And those are the people that show up every day. And that at the end of the day is worth gold. You know, once in a while, I'll get in a conversation with uh, maybe an installer like, ah, you know, so-and-so just, you know, he doesn't know as much, you know, he's really green. I'm like, he's here every day. And if he wasn't here, you'd be alone. And that's, 
a big difference. So we started an internal training program. So we hire them and we can bring a technician pretty much, you know, 60 days, 90 days, probably the most, and get them in a truck running uh, maintenance. And then we utilize the different tools. Uh, EGA has got a great uh, online base of tools, uh, just HVAC 101. Um, they got tons of different uh, training videos we use with them. Um, training room is one of the most important things to build into your building. I remember our first one was basically a table in the warehouse and you just kind of crowd around a table and you'd try to hang a sheet on the wall to use a projector. Um, we built, uh, eventually said we need a training room and then it wasn't big enough. So then we said, we need a bigger training room. That was our COVID project. Let's build a bigger training room. And we did that. And I'm finding out it's not big enough, <laughs> but we train on everything, simple things. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite ones is our book clubs. And we just restarted this book club on Monday. Uh, Raving fans is probably one of my favorite books uh, to start off on business conversation, but we train people to follow raving fans. They become amazing uh, to the industry and to our customers. Yeah, you, uh, you, you've got that philosophy, hire for attitude, not for aptitude. I mean, you don't want to hire people who, who can't think for themselves, but right. you can take a person who's hungry for knowledge, hungry for success, um, shows loyalty to the company they work for. You'll never, ever go wrong. We did the mm -hmm. same thing. We'd bring people into the agency. They didn't have any agency experience. Talk to them about so many other things, even as far as, you know, what, what they'd say, well, I played sports in high school. What kind of sports did you play? Team sport. Oh, you were a captain. You're, so, you, you know, you've got some leadership skills. You've got to make sure that the, the people that you're bringing in really understand what the mission of the organization is because you can bring in a really high skill, highly skilled technician. If they don't like you or believe in your mission, your purpose, you're going to have a hard time. I don't care how technically skilled they are. Um, but that's amazing advice. And I and I hope that the folks watching this will really take heed to that because I can be a, a testament to the fact that hiring for attitude is always the more successful route. I've, I've had the best mm -hmm. luck with employees through the years with, with again, that, that attitude, not aptitude philosophy. So thanks for sharing yeah, that. We've, we've been able to add a lot of technicians, you know, I mean, yep. it's, everyone says you can't hire technicians. Um, I've got four vans sitting in our parking lot right now that are ready for new techs. They're rolling into them. You know, we're just, we're bringing in new guys. They're, they're there. There's a lot of people that want to work a ton of them and they're really good people. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, the other thing that really, that really appealed to me about being an, an, an agency and advertising marketing guy is, uh, you said that you really are a believer in marketing and it's something that you, you not only believe in, you, you do a lot of, can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to, um, E-Myth, um, E-Myth talks about that meaning their coaching organization of E-Myth. I think they say something like the owner should be spending 70% of their time in marketing. Um, and it's true. I do. It's at all times. And in the beginning, obviously, I had to start off on very, very no budget, no, exp you know, no money, um, very limited what I could spend. I mean, my first direct mails were done myself. I remember a direct mail campaign. We go back in the beginning. I literally walked down the street, took pictures of houses, and I would print it on each postcard and I'd mail a postcard to that house with a tune-up offer. And guess what? When somebody gets a postcard and it's got a picture of their house on it, they read it. Um, obviously, it wasn't very uh, time efficient, but I didn't have any work to do. So <laughs> it was what I had to do. Um, I would door hang. We would, you see behind me, there's a yard sign sitting right behind me here. Um, we put out yard signs like crazy. That is the simplest, littlest expense, but has tremendous impact on our marketing side. Um, door hangers. We hang door hangers regularly. 
Uh, Drew Cameron, I mentioned, really helped me on the marketing side. Uh, direct mail, you know, he he kind of did teach me and helped me grasp that. Just because I don't like a marketing piece doesn't mean it doesn't work. Uh, you know, it's I can't market to myself. I'm marketing to customers um, and really honing in on our territory. You know, we used to send direct mail pieces to here and there and all these different zip codes and had no success. We're like, ah, direct mail doesn't work until we learned that we were just doing direct mail wrong. You know, 50% of marketing works. It's just you got to know which part it is. You know, tracking lines obviously helped a lot uh, for us to hone in. But we've been marketing four zip codes tightly for years. I mean, for 10 years. We're just actually expanding it out a little bit now. And, you know, and we're going to, you know, we're looking to do shy of $10 million this year. And we're still honed in on these, these small zip code areas. And we just, we work in a 15 mile area. We don't have to drive all over, you know, mm-hmm. to do this. Um, but like I said, direct mail has been a piece. Brand is a big one for us right now. If your trucks are a white van with a poor, you know, logo on it, that's not good for branding. What are your technicians wearing? What do they look like? What does your truck look like? What does it look like when you come into my house or, you know, your customers' houses? You got to be brand followed at all moments. Even, you know, from trucks to you even go into our building, you'll find our forklift is wrapped. Um, we're constantly talking, you know, marketing at all times and just carrying the brand, you know, and that's what our goal is, is the brand of Comfort Matters is we care about our customer. We want to take care of you and we're going to do everything in our best effort to make sure you're happy. And that's what our, you know, our brand message is. Yeah. And, and, and in order to have a sustainable brand, uh, I just want to differentiate between marketing and advertising. Advertising is the delivery of the message. Marketing is the construction of the sales growth process. So you talked about yard signs and direct mail and different things and wraps in your trucks. Um, those are all things that you have to work together. It has to be very congruent. You have to have a strategy. You don't just start throwing money at the wall and hoping that something sticks. You know, Ray Kroc, the founder of, of McDonald's famously said, I know that half of my money is on advertising is wasted. I just can't figure out which half. You know, mm-hmm. but, so you have to be you have to be very strategic with your marketing efforts and trial and error. You ramp things up that are working. You cut back on things that don't seem to have quite an impact. But the other thing that you said, Corey, is you have to really focus on creating that brand, that that brand distinction so that when somebody thinks of their heating, cooling or plumbing needs, your name, your name just goes boom, it pops up and it, and it pops up with not just an awareness. A powerful brand pops up with a feeling, with an emotion. So if people Uh have an emotional connection to the Comfort Matters brand, then you're doing all the right things. You can only go so far with marketing, then you, and here's another part of the marketing, is training your your technicians and your sales folks how to communicate effectively, personally, emotionally with the customer, because that's all part of the brand building process. Mm -hmm. Now, I complete, emotion is, like you said, you know, there's, I went to uh, the Wizard of Ads many, many years ago down in uh, Austin, Texas. It's been a week with um, Roy Williams. I know uh, Roy. The guy's he's he's just at a different level of the message that he delivers, right? Yeah, yeah. And an emotion is is his thing. Triggered, you know, words that trigger emotions. Yep. And you know, on our larger scale now, that you know, we use more of a mass media, we use a lot of radio stuff now, and and our message is myself, and my wife, um, and it's. We're trying to create a positive emotion. It's there's no tricks and thrills. There's not a lot of sales and specials, and we don't 
market a lot with that because nobody cares about heating and air conditioning until they need it. Then they really care. We're very yeah. important to them. And we just, and it's amazing how many places I'll walk in and they're like, Hey, is that you down the radio? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> they make me sound good. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> it's, we're I've, great. I've always been told I have a face for radio. So I uh, exactly, I know this whole <laughs> video uh, podcasting thing. I'm not sure about this. Like, we should be doing this audio only. Um, but it is, it's the marketing has to have an emotional trigger. And if it doesn't trigger anyone's emotions, yeah, yeah, it goes in the garbage can. You know, direct mail, I say it hits three piles. When you get your mail out of the mailbox, you got the immediate garbage pile, the I don't know what this is, and I may look at it, and then you got my bills pile, right? You know, and I want to make it the pile that they're gonna open. Well, Corey, uh, your your advice and your your wisdom and knowledge and experiences are are very you know depth and breadth of all of that. But your willingness to share all these tips and ideas is so so greatly appreciated. I really do appreciate you being here and sh and again sharing with the with the viewers some of the ideas and some of the things that have helped you to become the success you are. Um, I'm going to actually close us out unless you have more things you want to talk about. I'm not trying to cut you short. I just I know your time is uh, is money and it's and it's limited. So uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No, it's uh, I appreciate you you know bringing me on here. I found I mean sharing with other people. I get just as much or more out of it than they even realize. Um, a simple phone call with somebody that I maybe never met before, uh, you don't believe the things that I can pick up out of it. So I appreciate the opportunity just to be here. And I mean, I appreciate the industry because it's it's great to watch it rise. It's rising to a new level, our industry. It's becoming, it uh, it's not just loud music and, you know, crazy people. It's, it's, it's quality. Yeah, it you is. Know, and the technology are quality. Yeah, and the technology coming out of the manufacturers now. I mean, it's just it's insane what folks are doing. Uh, and the fact that, you know, and again, I've been in around this industry for you know, 30 something years. And mm -hmm. just the the level of of expertise and savviness with the contractors from top to bottom has just improved at an incredible rate. So uh, you're absolutely right. It's an amazing industry. Unlike most others, it's just really changing very, very quickly. Hey, Corey, again, thank you. I'm going to sign us off, but don't go away. I'm going to come back to you so we can, we can finish our conversation offline. But uh, again, thanks so much mm -hmm. for being here. Really appreciate you. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Scott. All right, my friends, that is our wrap. Another episode of Cracking the Code, the official video interview series of Contractor University, powered by EGIA. Our guest today was Corey Hickman of Comfort Matters Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. What an amazing conversation and what a generous, generous guy to share the, uh, the successes and the ideas that he has uh, experienced. Uh, I want to thank him, and I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Until next time, we'll see you later. Well, that's awesome interviewing right there. Great content, as always, from Scott Deming. Listen, be sure and join Scott every month. He's going to have one of these segments. And again, we can all learn from each other in terms of best practices and how to make things work in our businesses. Listen, if you like this content, you want more of this stuff in your inbox every Monday, all you got to do is fill out the info next to the video, and you'll get it every single week. We'll see you soon, my friends. But until next time, bye-bye for now.